You're listening to The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, Sideshow's very own comic book podcast. Join us as we celebrate New Comic Book Day every week and discuss the latest releases, the biggest announcements, and more from your favorite publishers. What's in your comics hall? Hey, everybody. I'm Amy. And I'm Paul. And welcome to the Comics Hall. Oh my goodness, we've got the rhyme back in place and we have our fantastic oh. moderator, Jazz. Uh, you want to say hi before we dive into things here? Hi everybody, Jazz here. We are live on YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, Instagram, Facebook, and in the Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group. So we're live all the places. Come chat with me in whichever one you prefer. Excellent. So take your pick. Say hi to Jazz. Ask questions. Uh, chat with her about what comics came out this week because we are at the top of the month. So we are going to be covering for you guys all of the books that came out today, Wednesday, March 3rd. Beginning of the month means the beginning of a lot of new Oof. fantastic series. We've got kind of a murderer's row of stuff going on today. But before we dive into that, we do have some comic book news to catch you guys up on what's been going on in the world outside of your local store. We sure do. It has been a huge day for comic book releases. Not only comic book releases, like Amy said, but for number ones. So today, Keanu Reeves' Berserker launches from Boom... Uh, Berserker number one, I'm sorry. Launches from Boom Studios following a super successful Kickstarter campaign. The book has sold over 600... 600,000 copies already and follows the story of an immortal warrior whose look is inspired by Keanu as he fights to discover his origin and end his 80,000 year long life. That's a very long life. Uh, the book is co-written by Matt Kent and drawn by Ron Garney. We're very excited. I, I picked the book up. I know a lot of you out there were asking if we were reading it. Um, yes, we are going to read it and we are very excited. Uh, yeah, it's out today. Go get it. And, and it is a big week for Kickstarter books getting yes, their is. releases on shelves today. You guys will see what we mean when we get a little further through. But before we get to that, we're going to talk some distribution deals. We've got a couple of publishers who are making strides to get their books into the hands of more readers. So first of all, publisher Vault Comics, a fan favorite here at the Comics Hall, has secured a new distribution agreement with Simon & Schuster Incorporated to handle worldwide distribution beginning May 1st, 2021. Publisher da uh, CEO and publisher Damian Wassel said, uh, we are excited to partner with si Simon & Schuster to distribute our books to booksellers everywhere. And this is going to, and this is, the quote has ended, but this is going to mark a big step in the growth for Vault Comics as they continue not only to expand their comic book offerings, but also are making strides in the worlds of film and television as projects like Heathen get picked up. Uh, for attention and, and uh, sci-fi had Vagrant Queen. So another publisher that is taking strides for distribution is Scout Comics. Uh, not often covered on this show because their books are a little harder to get, but hopefully that will change with this new non-exclusive distribution deal with Lunar Distribution. Effective immediately, all of Scout Comics and its subsidiaries, Black Caravan, Scoot, Outsider Comics, and Tracker Collectibles are available on Lunar's platform. Uh, and this is a great step in the company's growth since they launched in 2015. They've got over 200 uh, titles published to date. I just added my first Scout comic to my pull list, which is Stake. That is a vampire hunting story, surprising absolutely no one. Uh, <laughs> Um, but that means that your store should be able to have easier time accessing Scout Comics titles, which is great news for you and for Scout getting their stories out into the hands of more people. Yes. Now, on a more personal note, today Marvel <laughs> announced, <laughs> I, you know, if you've been watching the show for a long time, you know where my loyalties lie. Uh, today Marvel announced that a new upcoming prose novel, so not a graphic novel, but uh, lots of lots of words, uh, prose novel by Kath Laria called Elsa Bloodstone Bequest will be coming out very soon. The story follows the smart mouth monster hunter Elsa Bloodstone as a family revelation sends her down a shocking and bloody path. Now this is the next in the Marvel Heroines series, which has seen several other prose releases, each focusing on a different, um, either prominent or underutilized Marvel character in her own prose story. This will be published by Aconite Books, and it will be available on May 4th, 2021. Uh, it's pre up for pre-order right now, and I, I know that that's also Star Wars Day, but I'm sorry. I'm going to be having an Elsa <laughs> Bloodstone Day on that, uh, on that book release date. So that's very exciting. Thanks to those of you in the Let Your Geek Side Show group who also tagged me in that release. I'm very excited, <laughs> and I'm glad that you guys are keeping an eye out for Elsa Bloodstone news as well. <laughs> yes, Amy has wished that into existence so we are that's all my mutant uh, power <laughs> that is her mutant power she can wish elsa bloodstone prose books um so it's very unique also some more news sort of a uh, something me and amy are both very very excited for um next wednesday 
March 10th is Captain America Day, celebrating 80 years of the Star Spangled Avenger in Marvel Comics. You can actually, right now, visit side.show forward slash cap day or sideshow.com forward slash blog, uh, blog for the full <laughs> event schedule of the day as we celebrate Steve Rogers with I'm giveaways. Sorry. Do I write the blag, Paul? <laughs> I don't know. I just know that you you tell me to show up for Comics Hall, and I show up for com- if that's blag. If I've been, I don't know. Just Jasmine's got that link say. for you guys. Paul, yes, I'm sorry you, for interrupting you. Continue. What is Captain America Day? What are we doing for that? Blah. Okay. See. Oh, so that that's what it is more. Um, okay. So Captain America Day. Yes, we are celebrating the one and only Mr. Steve Rogers. We've got giveaways, game shows, and at the end of the day, a Comics Hall Captain America special. Um, it's going to be at our usual time, four o'clock Pacific, focused on the biggest moments, uh, biggest moments in Cap's history through the decades. So we are super, super excited for that. Uh, we, we've got some. We've got some fun planned for that day, but uh, bear with us. We're not going to cover everything that's ever happened. I I don't know if you guys know this, but Cap's been around for like 80 years. More than (laughs) you and I have been reading comics combined. Almost. (laughs) No, it is. But yes, we're very, very excited. So again, you can head to side.show forward slash Cap Day, C-A-P-D-A-Y, for more information about everything happening that day. Go do it. That'll be a fun one. Mark your calendars. It's a big day for Mr. Steve Rogers. Yes, it is. All right. Next up, we've got our favorite showdown. We've got the panel of the week challenge that actually had some, not that you guys would know, but some funny <laughs> behind the scenes. Uh, earlier this this week when we decided on our panel of the week theme, we uh, both decided we should do the best <laughs> elf in comics because you yes. know there, there are more than one. Uh, but when conjuring up ideas of elves in your head it might be a little Mm -hmm. bit difficult to pin one down so paul and i both separated we picked our our contestants and then we both showed them off to one another and realized we both picked the same exact elf so it became a malekith showdown uh we might have to focus on other elves in the future but what began as the best elf we've we privately determined the best elf in comics is malekith the accursed however yes which panel of malekith the accursed comes out on top um so panel number one, we've got from Thor, God of Thunder. This is, of course, Malekith the Accursed as he climbs out of the Pit of Woe. Um, you guys were able to vote on this in the Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group and on our Instagram. I believe uh, those are the two places we've primarily got that up mm-hmm. uh, for voting. Uh, this was uh, written by Jason Aaron with art by Ron Garney, uh, as mentioned for uh, his work on Berserker today, and then colors by Ives Forcina. And this is uh, God of Thunder number 13. As I said, he's climbing out of the pit of, of woe. This is the first time he features in Jason Aaron's story arc after they've dealt mm-hmm. with the God Butcher gore. Nice. Uh, and from there, Malekith kind of dominated the rest of Jason Aaron's uh, Thor works. Yeah, it's an it's an awesome panel. I love it so much. I probably would have chose that, but I just it feels weird. I didn't actually read that, so I didn't want to just you know. <laughs> but what I actually did end up choosing for my panel was I. I mean, Amy's gonna have to correct me here. I I'm calling him Venomized Malekith. <laughs> they call um, themselves Svartalf Venom because Svartalfheim is is the uh, is the, the realm, land of the dark right? elves. Yeah, right, and then yeah. the Svartalf are the the dark elf so there's svartal venom but venomized malekith is just fine <laughs> it's much easier for me to say clearly i'm having a problem with words today so we're gonna go with venomized malekith and friends um so yeah i mean i love this panel i think it's got a lot going on here i mean you see um you know dark elves hellhounds and i do love uh malekith's you know his sheer defiance constantly and saying well lucky for me i brought more than just dark elves as a just a as you know uh, a, a big F you to Thor there. <laughs> and if you and, notice also, uh, his parents are are magically oh, chained right. to Stonehenge behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I really like about this actually is that my panel was the um, absolute beginning of Malekith's journey. And yours is nearly the complete and total end. Uh, without spoiling the end of War of the Realms, it is, it is Malekith at the apex of his power. Uh, unleashing his final ultimate plan. And one of the best parts of, of your panel is that there is the unconventional panel bordering that is completely Russell Dodderman's MO, absolutely beautiful to mimic the the symbiote that is uh, coming off of him. Now, uh, if you don't mind, I would like to um, reveal to the audience who our winner was. I 
if they voted, they might already know. Uh, but Chris, if we could get that pulled up with a drum roll, astounding, uh, absolute smash hit. I don't know. I'm going to say all these things because Paul can't uh, defend himself, but all of the uh, incredible votes that you guys provided. My panel wins. Uh, so you guys chose Malekith the Accursed from Thor, God of Thunder by Ron Garney and Ives Forcina. Uh, just absolute, uh, really, really cool design going on here. Um, so thank you guys for choosing that. And we will pick another panel of the week showdown to upload into the Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group very soon. Um, so you guys can keep an eye out for that. It will be Captain America themed uh, to go along with uh, our Cap Day special coming up next week. So we've got some uh, fun Cap Day themed things to start Put on your thinking caps, I guess, as we prepare for next week's uh, Captain America content. All right. Well, I think it is time for us to move into our uh, comics hall, weekly hall segment. As we mentioned to you guys, we do have a ton of uh, really good number one issues coming out this week. And we'd like to get a chance to cover some of those. But uh, let's see if we can get Paul back on the screen here. Just a moment. Bear with us, please. All right. Um, so actually, we're going to jump in. Yeah. Can we jump into the uh, weekly haul? I'd like to explain for anyone who's just joining us the aim of the book uh, so we can dive right in when Paul is uh ready to reconnect. So the aim, again, as we've mentioned before, is our uh, personal evaluation system of books because numbers are no fun. Numbers are scary. Numbers mean every a little bit of something different to everybody. A 10 out of 10 and a 1 out of 10. If it's number one on your list, but it's 1 out of 10, uh, who knows what that means. So our aim system is a quick acronym that you can always remember. What is the aim of the book, you ask yourself? And A stands for accessibility factor. Uh, that is, how easy is this to grab and read? How easy is it to actually find uh, physically or uh, obtain from a publisher or online? Uh, the I is interest. This is what about the book is special? What will, uh, what will draw you in? Who would like it? Are there similar stories out there that you could liken it to to recommend to someone? And the M, of course, is our monetary value or investment um, shorthand money. That is how much you are paying for this issue. And we also try to include page counts so you can do some fancy fun math and figure out how much bang you're getting for your buck uh, in regards to that. Also, if there's information about how many books are already in the series, uh, how much you can expect to be spending on this title. And that is AIM. So when you ask yep. yourself, what is the aim of the book? Thank you, Paul. Uh, <laughs> exactly what Amy what said. What is the aim of the book? It's kind of like our what would what would the comics hall do? WW chd um you just yep. ask yourself what's the aim of this book and that's how you can figure out whether mm -hmm. or not it's for you yeah and, and we really do love this system uh simply because again as we always like to say what you know a six out of ten for us may not be the same for you so this mm -hmm. is really a good introduction to that really kind of speaks to what we do here on the show and personally i mean i even saw a review for one of the books i picked up today that said 6.6 .6 out of 10 and i was like what's the point six how do you how do you start fractionizing the numbers so you either like it or you don't but there's some information you might want to know before you go into that so um we've got a couple of really cool books to go with this week um Paul, which, which one should we start with? Um, let's start. I can start this off with sure. what's kind of going around in my background here. Okay. I've got no problem. Chris, so we're going to switch it around. I'm going to do Infinite Frontier number zero by DC Comics. This is really the book that is launching, again, the Infinite Frontier for DC Comics. And it is a great place to start if you are looking, I mean, if you were really digging Future State and everything um, that was sort of happening and really being moved around with Future State at, after the end of Dark Knight's Death Metal, then you were definitely going to want to pick up Infinite Frontier. It's sort of an amalgamation of a ton of different stories. And all of these stories, there's about 10, each of them will play out into their own series after this. So my recommendation as for, um, we'll just get right into the aim of Infinite Frontier number zero. As far as the accessibility goes, um, it is, you know, it's more than just a true number one. It's a true zero. 
Um, it's a true number <laughs> wow, zero. That's the first of our show. The, the first true number zero. <laughs> the first true number zero. It is really, really accessible. Um, while it will benefit you to have read Dark Knight's Death Metal and, and Death Metal, you absolutely don't need uh, don't need to have done that. I believe uh, they've done an incredible job. The entire team that is on this book did an incredible job with um, making sure that you can just jump right into this book. So, and then also as far as accessibility, how easy is it to just find? Um, honestly, this book is everywhere right now. It's probably the biggest launch DC has today you should be able to find it um and there should only be about one other variant that i've seen um i don't think uh you should have any trouble finding this in your local shop so now jumping right into the interest again if you were looking for some place to jump into the vast new continuity of dc this is it there really are so many great stories written by so many folks here. And the reason I, I sort of glanced over the creative team on this book is because there are so many people on this book. It's insane and it's wonderful. Um, I mean, just again, we've got the likes of Becky Cloonan, Brian Michael Bendis, Joshua Williamson, Jeff Johns, James Tynan the fourth, or as we call him on the show, JT4. Oh, and um, I believe. Scott Snyder's on that book. How you doing, sir? Oh, I can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, it's there is another link in the email that we sent you that is called Zencaster. If you hop in there. There you go. And I think me and yeah. Amy just sent uh, Scott the link there. He'll join us in just a second. But yes, uh, our secret guest uh, for the show is the one and only Mr. Scott Snyder. He'll be joining us in just a moment here. Um, but yeah, so right, you know, as we're waiting for Scott to. Uh, oh, can you hear us? Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Scott is is um, incredible, guys, and doing us a great favor by joining. And he wanted to jump in and say hi to hi to you and everyone out there. Uh, so we're gonna we're working on getting him uh, joining the call in just a second. <laughs> there, can you hear us, Scott? I think he's signing in still. Oh, okay. Here he comes. But. But yeah, you guys should have no problem finding Infinite Frontier right now. Um, again, right now the book is $5.99, super accessible, 64 pages. There is a ton of content. There we and... go. Now I oh, can hear you. Hey. Am I, wait, am I on two things at once? I think I'm about to pop into, oh no. I think, there we go. We got you so muted on I Skype. Th I think we got you. Perfect. Look at that. Technology works. Me. Technology works. Yeah. How you doing, sir? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate what you guys do. Oh, thank, thank you for joining us. Oh my goodness. Great release for comics for you this week. Yeah. Big week. Yeah. And I, I was really felt really, really lucky. I mean, I'm proud of the proud and I have like a bunch of friends up there too, like James with Batman and all this stuff. So and <laughs> yeah. Josh, with Infinite, Josh really led the charge on infinite frontier. He's Fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I'm Wonderful. proud of the direction that DC is going with Hunter Marie and so many great creators and Rom's uh, Swamp Thing. That's and, great. And yeah. Bill Johnson's action is incredible coming up. That's announced, right? That's announced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're good. I couldn't um, remember. I'm like, oh, God, what's what? Yeah. I, I, today, I like, I was talking about Nightwing and I thought it was out today and it's out in two weeks, but I, I've read all of it early, all the stuff. So, uh, yeah, that everything over there, I can't say enough good things about the people that they have on the books and what they're doing. And and then Indie World, yeah, it, it's been really great to have a moment to kind of um, recalibrate and be able to work solely on, on my stuff a bit too while DC is in such good hands, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and 
you know, of, of course, you know, we could sit here and talk DC all day, but me and Amy are so excited uh, to talk Noctera because, I mean, like I personally, I I've, I backed the Kickstarter back in February and I have oh, not you. shut up about it to poor Amy since then. Paul is uh, Sideshow's very own Noctera evangelist. He has made sure, sure yeah, it, is, it is on the pull lists of people everywhere. <laughs> I should, I, mean, I have to send you something or send you a couple. Of, we have some of the prints <laughs> still and all that. I'll make sure I get, get one too if you, if you DM me your address. <laughs> and Thank also, you. ones, if you wanna, if you do any giveaways, I'm happy to send you guys stuff to give away to people that listen to you or anything like that or watch. So, oh wow, whatever. that I mean, that would be that amazing. Would be, that would be awesome, and we really appreciate it. And I, we know that you're. I mean, you've been so busy promoting Noctera again. Everyone out today from your your imprint uh, from Best Jacket, and seriously, we are so 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 excited uh, to have you on and talk about the book. Um, we both read it. And we both loved it. And again, we know you don't have a ton of time uh, today, but we wanted to know, I mean, what do you think some of uh, some of our fans, some of the people out there reading it, what can they expect to pull from the book after reading the first issue? Well, I think, I mean, what I hope they see is that um, it's both like just seltzer. <laughs> oh. Tony and uh, we're having like a celebratory drink, all of us later. But uh <laughs> What I hope they can pull from it is that we love working on it. I mean, for me, yeah. it's a it's a personal book for both of us. And we, we tried really hard to to make it something that had uh, very sort of intimate DNA in it. So, you know, I was always afraid of the dark as a kid, um, but in a very sort of acute way where at, at the time I didn't realize it, but I think a lot of it was, um, you know, anxiety and stuff that gave me trouble later in life, you know, anxiety and depression and things, but it's because in the dark, you know, all those fears that you have when you're, when you're anxious or you're depressed, I mean, everything that you, you worry about um, becoming true, that really is irrational, or even if it has like a tiny bit of possibility, but it's not likely all those things become like very immediate and your body is constantly telling you like, uh, this is happening right now. So the alarms are going off and you feel awful all the time. Uh, and in the dark, as a kid, that's how I felt. And I remember just thinking in the dark, all of these terrible fears seem not only likely or possible, but, you know, totally probable and, and urgent. Um, and so I wanted to do a book when I saw my own kid, who's nine now, but seven at the time, going through a lot of the same stuff. And he deals with some of the same issues I had as a kid uh, with anxiety and so on. Uh, so for me, it was really about writing a book where the darkness was just as scary as as you imagine it to be, if not scarier as a kid and, and transforms everything into this kind of unrecognizable, monstrous, mysterious um, creature. Uh, and as an adult, it also had a resonant or personal <clears throat> kind of underpinning where, you know, I'm watching my 14 year old and all of us sort of sit separated constantly and, and become unrecognizable to each other because of isolation in different ways for right. all, all sorts of different, um, you know, landscapes, the cultural, personal, everything. So political. So it just felt like the right time to do it. I hope you get that from it. Um, Val is a character who's, who's built with that in mind and then built a lot with a lot of Tony's um, passions as well. Right. You know, Tony's cultural heritage is sort of part of her cultural heritage as well. And, and he has daughters who are uh, getting into their teens and he really wanted uh, to create a, a heroine who they could look up to and, and who overcame some some hardships in her own life. So she's the, the whole book is kind of built with love is the first thing I hope that you guys see. But secondly, it's also built to be just over the top fun. You know, we yeah. want it to be like high octane horror, Saturday morning cartoons, but R rated just like, you know, like just unabashedly like, no, well, like, uh, to, to put it a better, a different way, it's almost like I'm, I'm gonna be doing a bunch of books this year for myself, right? Um, and a lot of the books, I'm hoping we'll challenge your expectations about what I'm, what I like to do, um, what the creators I've worked with have done with me before, what other people I've never worked with, like Ariella Christentina on Chain, which I'm really excited about. That book is wholly different. It's more like a animal farm, like a lockbox kind of mystery um, that's oh, happening wow. in the backdrop of the end of the world in kind of locked outside the story, but it's happening. So it's this claustrophobic thing. Anyway, um, but the <clears throat> with Noctera, the point wasn't to like defy expectations or anything. It was like, let's just lean right into them and be like, let's embrace them and hopefully exceed them by having fun with all of the things that are these kind of big storytelling tropes, these big 
summer blockbuster um, kinds of templates that I love these archetypes, you know, and right. then make them personal, make them nuanced, make them that, but, but don't shy away from being, don't, don't be afraid of creating a villain. that's called like blacktop bill. Who like, just <laughs> that was awesome. With, yeah. You know, <laughs> nano black nano material. And when he can, you don't know who he is and maybe his past intersects with, so we have a whole thing with him coming also later. And the second we have a mini arc after the first arc that focuses on him and everything too. So there's, there's a lot of story to come. I hope that that was like the longest corn. Maze of the <laughs> no, it, it's, it sounds like anytime anyone asks any simple question to me, and Amy about comic books. So I mean, it, it comes from a place of love. We get it. And I'm, I'm personally an avid dystopian reader. A lot of the pros, the, the most canonical stuff. And the first thing that struck me was how smartly everything was laid out in the lore and how it didn't feel like I was being bombarded with like, here's the quick facts that you need to know about our new apocalyptic reality. It was just the way that it was laid out in the narrative was done so smartly. And the anecdotes, I loved the anecdotes and how uh, Val even stopped and started her own story to get the long, the long way yeah. to the answer by the end. And it was just, it, I can tell the, the passion that you've created for this world in the dark. And, and then it's got the Mad Max at nighttime feel as well, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. It really is like, it's kind of like when I have DC, um, you know, I've, I've reserved my creator own to kind of explore, I think, things that maybe weren't as bombastic or, um, you know, as uh, robust and they're kind of heavy fisted, big hearted, you know, you'll never get away with this, like <laughs> Batman, metal, death metal, <laughs> Justice League kind of stuff. To just so that I could be creatively exciting to meet, you know, I could be trying different things. So I do After Death or Witches or but stepping right. away from DC for a year. And I do have a couple of projects lined up with them, but I don't have to return to them until towards the end of this year. Oh, wow. So I have this, I have this kind of break to be able to, to work. And Marie is one of my closest friends in the world. Who's the editor in chief. I love her dearly. She was my editor on, uh, along with a couple other great people on metal, on death metal, on, you know, justice league with Tay Taylor and Andrew Marino, some great people there, but um, so we've been working together forever and I, you know, I feel great about that. So I can, about what's happening there. So I can kind of feel okay, like leaving and doing my thing, but not having that space to put in all of that kind of like, you know, uh, real, just earnest bone crunching, you know, full throttle pedal to the metal kind of storytelling allowed me to be like, what if I put it in my creator own now? alongside all the personal so it's like a marriage of the stuff in witches in terms of the dark personal oh. aspects and the yeah. big muscular kind of storytelling and i think tony's art really reflects that so well i mean he's somebody who i've we've been friends for a long time at dc and i love his his style for being so carved and epic and you know uh posturing and big again like big emotions big mm -hmm. action big scene building um, and so it embraces all of that kind of huge heroic over the top stuff. So we felt like this would be a perfect book to finally um, get together on. And Tomeo is amazing and, and close friend of Tony's and Darren, who's the letter has worked with me a bunch on other things and is fantastic and an artist in his own right. And Will Dennis, who's the editor, he was the one that greenlit American Vampire all the way back in the day. So he's, oh, oh, wow. you know, he was the head of Vertigo <laughs> for years before they moved out to, um, Right under Karen, I mean, before they moved out to uh, mm -hmm. L.A. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a team that loves working together as well and building things out. So like you said, Amy, I mean, I think the mythos is something and the landscape and the culture of the whole world is something we're going to be playing with a lot. You learn all about the trucks in the second issue, about how most of them are semi-electric. Some of them are fully fully electric. There's not only two crude refineries left in the, in the States wow. and all this kind of stuff like that and how... The truckers, they, the ferrymen, they, they leave, they, they've created different outposts for each other that they call ports, where it's like the neon grove and the fluorescent cliffs. It's all light, light based. So oh, wow. it's a lot, of, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I, I like making up crazy stuff for it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think it goes without saying that we love reading all of that crazy stuff um, all the time, if possible. And I think, you know, something that we really, uh, picked up on is like the the honesty that comes through in this book especially I love that the whole small letter column you have in the back and it sort of reinforces everything that you've sort of mentioned about how much this book means to you so sort of um, you know for taking a half step away from Noctera itself uh, Best Jacket I mean it, are 
all of these books going to be as as personal and and really come through with that honesty for you as well yeah i mean thanks for asking that uh, for for me like the whole goal with best jacket is to be able to um work with people who are going to push me in new directions some of whom i've worked with a lot uh, more than any other people in my whole career but they're all people who i've worked with because they're constantly hungry and wanting to reinvent their own craft um so there's some new people who i've never worked with um before as well but there are a lot of books lined up there um I just don't want to announce them until I have a bunch of them at once ready. <laughs> so I've been squirreling away stuff for years on, on a number of them. And then they all kind of sped up this year a lot, just between um, the pandemic being a time when we all just decided to, to just do it. Um, <laughs> to the Kickstarter funding stuff to the um, uh, other things, funding stuff like optioning um, uh, undiscovered country and a couple of things like that. So it was just like we could do this and then and then just being able to say every book is going to be special every book is going to be its own thing and we're going to figure out as creative partners what the best um format for that book is like with jo uh, i shouldn't even say who i'm working with yet but like with anyone <laughs> i make that mistake and i've gotten really yelled at by people both creators and and people we're partners with <laughs> There are some books like uh, that are part prose and figuring out, is that something that we want to release in a more serial way or we want to release mm. this way or that? Like everything is supposed to be kind of ex an experiment that helps um, us figure comics out better and, and bridge things between um, digital and print and try new things in print and try. I, I just want to be experimental in terms of, you know, I just don't want to play it safe with everything because I've, I've had such a great a great career at DC and, and in general doing more conventional stuff in terms of working for a company that puts things out monthly. And I just want to, I don't know. I just want to try new things with friends and people I like. So that's best track that allows me to kind of decide where to go based on what my partners want to do with each book creatively and um, on a pragmatic level as well, you know? Absolutely. I think that's how you get the best results is letting people be honest and, and creative in new and weird ways and sometimes it's going to resonate with people and you just have you don't know until you put it out there that's right that's really that's, exciting that's, yeah I'm, I'm so excited about it and i you know seeing the way people responded to noctera today i mean tony and i were just on the phone like it's certainly a career highlight you know not not just because sales or any of that stuff but um just the the enthusiasm that people have for you know, some because when you even though you know you're leaning into things that are popular with this one, like it's more like, you know, it's the kind of thing where I'm like, this is the stuff I loved when I was a, a teenager, and I still love as an adult, and <laughs> it's got that kind of big Indiana Jones type um, horror, like a horror version feel, but um, you know, you still don't know. Like they could read it and be like, we're tired of these guys. We're, <laughs> you know what? Like we've had enough of this one. You know, we're done with you. You know, the two of you can go off to pasture or whatever. You never know. Oh. Like, so <laughs> no. The idea of, of seeing people that enthusiastic about it really, um, it means the world, you know, retailers, everybody out there that has been supportive, you know, I promise like uh, the one thing I, I've tried to really be honest about uh, on top of anything else throughout my career is like, I'm, I'm never going to put out a book, you know, that I don't feel I can stand behind for quality. You know, there've been, certainly I've dropped the ball. Like, and I'm sure I've messed up plenty and put out books that I didn't mean to be as bad uh, as some people <laughs> might've thought they were, but there's nothing I've put out in my career. Like almost, I can think of only a couple issues ever that I look back at where I'm like, Oh, I didn't see that. I should have read that one one more time and seen something really different um, in terms of feeling good and proud of the effort that went into them from the whole team, you know, in that way. And, and again, certainly like, I've made tons of mistakes and written plenty, I'm sure, of terrible books, but it's not for lack of trying. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, 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 get, I like went up and swung over the fence even when I missed and hit myself in the head with the bat or whatever. So, But when you've got a library that is as prolific as yours, I mean, obviously, one of the things we focus on on this show is that we don't like to give number grades. We like to give a qualitative assessment of mm -hmm. 
here's the accessibility factor of a book. Here's who might be interested in it. And here's what it's going to cost you instead of saying like, yeah, this was a three out of 10 or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, we try to give people the tools and, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes not every book is going to work for everybody, but I think yeah. having such a library as yours, even if there's a few missteps that just proves you're, you're putting out the work and it's incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, the truth of the matter is like, uh, I mean, I love Batman to death, right? I have, I, I have a lot more stories in my head for Batman and I had a lot like when I decided to to take a break. But the reason that we took a break, Greg and me and then me, you know, trying a few different things um, and then deciding, you know, I, I really want to take a break in general from it mm -hmm. was because it was just it was feeling too comfortable. It, it was feeling almost like even though I was trying to push myself with All Star Batman and other and last night on Earth to do things that I didn't know if I could pull off with the character there was always in the back of my head that kind of like but you still have that penguin story and you still have that scarecrow story and you still have that oh, yeah. and you know I have access to those those keys to the Batmobile now and then and be able to be like well what if I did them as a mini what if I did them in as backups and you know and it really it's not even that I don't love those it's more just that they're muscles that I'm so used to using at this point mm -hmm. that I feel like I'm getting I get boring to myself you know that way and right. So it's really about like making sure that at this point in my career, I'm not getting any younger, you know, for me, just following the kind of things that I always said to my students, you know, which is you've got to be able to be the one writing the story that you would like to find the most today out of anyone. And at a certain point, even things that you love, you know, you're kind of doing it, not you're doing you're you've passed the point at which it's the harder thing to do. You know, if, you, if you're doing something that's becoming too easy, even if you're like pushing it to try and mm -hmm. do new things mm -hmm. within that matrix, I still feel like, you know, like, you, you know, in your gut, like when you're like, you know, this, this feels a little too comfy. And so that with this, with Best Jacket, that's the whole fun is having partners that you trust like Tony and Tomeo and Ariella and, and everyone else I can't name and be like, you know, uh, what are you, what are we gonna, what are we gonna do that people don't expect from us together right so there's a lot a lot of fun stuff you know coming <laughs> yeah i mean and we are i mean if 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 i have to i'll carry all of the the uh the scott snyder for us all the time and we're super oh, super stoked you. for everything best jacket is doing um so i mean and scott we know you're super busy and we really really appreciate you oh um, no it's it's honestly just that i i was picking my kid up from his friend's house and he couldn't find his ipad <laughs> And then we found his <laughs> iPad, and then he couldn't find the stupid the rubber covering for one of the Joy-Con things. Oh, so I mean, we that's like, uh, couch looking for this rubber thing, which is why I was like, I don't know. It's not like I always feel like people assume you're like you know doing Batman-y stuff, or you've got like <laughs> stuff, or it's it's not glamorous. It was that it was like crawling under a friend's couch looking for. A, <laughs> Rubber I mean, thing. it sounds like a crisis to me or to anyone living in the, the Zoom era right now. Right? I think it's pretty bad, man. It's pretty bad, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean you're the best detective in the house right now. Exactly. And you're, and you're certainly your kid's superhero when you find it. So <laughs> exactly. it works out, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Scott, you'd mentioned Tony. So um, to steal from your own words of Noctera today, um, where were you that morning <laughs> that you had asked Tony to be on this book? I mean, was it immediate, you know, yes, I've got a billion ideas, or did you sort of have to, you know, coax him into this? It, it was the first idea. I mean, I pitched him right away. Like what happened was um, he and I have been friends since I started on Detective and he was on Batman. Um and Grant was on Batman Inc. And uh, I was like the new kid on the block and terrified of everything all the time. And Tony was really, was very um, kind and uh, welcoming to me in Gotham. And then when we switched from detective to Batman, we had to, uh, I did, we had, I had to come up with this Joker stuff with him where we, they wanted us to take him off the table, but they weren't sure how. And so we made up this whole thing about his face getting cut off and, then him doing it and all that all this crazy and i was like i'm never gonna i'm gonna get kicked out of comics my first year in comics I don't know what <laughs> uh but he was again a great partner and so we've we've circled each other a lot we did we sort of almost crossed a few times a little bit in small ways like on batman eternal and batman and robin eternal stuff like that but um overall um we never really got to work uh work together earnestly and so it was um 
before San Diego 2019, really, mm. that we started talking about it. So it was back then. And then we met at San Diego 2019 and we went out together and I was like, this is the idea I have. What do you think? And he really liked it. And I was like, I think it fits your style. And then he came up with stuff for it, like, you know, Val and, and, and some things. And I was like, perfect, let's do it. And so we've been working on it pretty steadily since then. And then, um, uh, you know, the Kickstarter was just to make sure that we could really do the book. And I don't, same thing, like I want Best Jacket. I wanted to sort of say with the announcement that I'm going to be doing this label, that I want to be more transparent um, with fans about how comics are made and to be able to get more access to me outside of my role only at DC to be able to talk about craft and to teach all those things. So the Kickstarter had like a practical aspect, which was to um, make us enough that we could pay for the book, um, regardless of what happened with COVID or shop shutting down or any of that. And then secondarily uh, to give fans access to things that they don't normally see with a book, like, the uh, script, which I don't, you know, I don't sell those and uh, the yeah. penciled art and then an essay on kind of how those things go together and prose stories and just all the kinds of things that hopefully would, would make you feel part of the book. That's my goal with Best Jacket in terms of uh, fans. Is I want them to feel greater engagement with me and with my right. partners about seeing what we're trying to do, why we're doing it this way, all of that, so that each book feels special in its own right. It has a different neighborhood of kind of a different sensibility and how it's how it's presented to you is different as well. Like the neighborhood of stuff we do around it is different. So yeah, so Tony, I told him then, we, we met then and we've been going strong. The real solidification was um, last uh, C2E2, we had already started and he drew all these, he had drawn drawn all these designs and all these pages of what I had initially sent him. And um, they were so good. We went out to breakfast, just the two of us away from the convention. And it was just like, we just, it was just a good feeling. He'll tell you, we were like, <laughs> we're going to have Bloody Marys before this convention and we're going to do this book together. And uh, it was great. It was great. And image was super supportive and I, I can't say enough good things about everybody there. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, last, I mean, last C2E2. That was one of the last comic conventions. <laughs> it was it was so close to the thing that we were all wearing. I mean, we were wearing masks, you know, all of us and that stuff yeah. too. Oh, wow. It was like wow. It was like right when everyone was like, is everything really gonna shut down? Is this like really a and it was oh yeah, it was right then. It was like early wow. February or so of like year, I think. Yeah, or mid Feb mid or late February. Yeah, crazy. Oh wow. That's I mean <laughs> Honestly, it's it's yeah. it sort of gives you a moment of reflection, like, oh yeah, that was a long time ago when in-person cons were a thing. And now um, it's three p.m. after. <laughs> I know, I know, not Sarah time. Yeah, right. I just feel that way. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, we started working on it right as the pandemic hit, you know, in that way, and we had started it, but then I think a lot there's a lot of influence from the pandemic on it, you know. Interesting. More isolation in the darkness than, yeah, wow. and him being infected. Spoiler, but yeah, so the Emery, the Emery plot, I think became more urgent because of that. We were going to hold off on his infection for a little bit. And I was like, yeah, actually feels a little bit more not like a little bit more uh, appropriate if it comes in earlier. So mm -hmm. adds to the sense of urgency. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm so glad I got a chance to come on with you guys. We got to do it more often. I yes. really, uh, <laughs> I will like uh, whenever you want. You just ping me, and I'll I'll come on and gab about anything we have coming up, DC or indie or anything. Best jacket, and then, when yeah, yeah once you once more. you're able to announce some more of those uh, best jacket pieces, we would love oh, yeah. to to share that with. I our will. Customers. It'll be it'll be in the late spring, early summer. Um, I'm, I want to do like a kind of expo thing and be like, here's everything. That's so, awesome. I mean, yeah, it will definitely be, be it'll be a, it'll be a fun year. I promise. And one of the, the biggest things we always try to drill to our audience is pre-order your books. So it's always good <laughs> oh, yeah. to have yes. insight on what's coming up so that they mm -hmm. know what they can pre-order. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it also, it helps your retailer, you know, when you really go in there and commit to stuff. So yeah, please do. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, great. Well, Scott, yeah, thank, thank you, you so much, much, man. Uh, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run back inside to help. With these, I have one more thing, then I'm gonna run back inside and help with these kids. But oh, I really luck. appreciate it, both you guys. You know, Paul, Amy, I'd love to come back on anytime. So thank you so much. 
We, Great. Yeah. And thanks to everybody out there. I really appreciate it. Awesome. All right, Scott, take care. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Wow. So, so that was cool. <laughs> that was undoubtedly the coolest thing that's happened on the comics hall. All, all of our incredible tenure of this show are, over a year now. <laughs> are we just going to look past my four and O streak at one point of panel of the week, but that's fine. I guess Scott Snyder is r well above that. Um, yeah, that was awesome. I mean that, I guess we're going to count as our aim for Noctera. I think that's sufficient. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, yeah, just important hit points again. That's Scott Snyder, Tony S. Daniels from image comics today. Noctera number one, mm -hmm. incredible story. And like I said, it's Mad Max at nighttime. It's got a snow piercer vibe too, but the dystopian fiction is so beautifully laid out and if you have any if you have any curiosity about what's the emery plot he's talking about you guys are going to want to yes. pick this up this week every single new number one that came out this week that i read which was most of them uh was absolutely stunning but i i just the care that went into crafting the mm -hmm. lore of this a dystopian can crumble under the weight of its own conceit so quickly but this was mm -hmm. such a fun adventure yeah i mean it was it was honestly it was great and we me and amy also could not believe that Scott was so generous with his time. He's an incredibly busy person uh, to come and talk about this book because clearly it means so much to him. So it would mean so much to us for you guys to go out, go to your local shop, go pick it up, even for issue one. Uh, we both promise you, we both read it and you will not be disappointed. I mean, it's got like everything Amy said, it's that dystopian Mad Max feel. Um, if you read Undiscovered Country, it's sort of got that urgency, that fast pace where everything's always moving um it's it's a wonderful book um and it's as accessible as hell you can just pick it up you can just read it right now yeah and a kick-ass female lead so yes and amy we have more books um you want to get to maybe one more before we sort of maybe jump in a hall or at the hall yeah i can actually do both of mine real quick if you don't cool. mind uh so if if you want to chime in go ahead but i'm going to jump into demon days x-men number one because this is the big marvel release this week um uh, this is the writer and artist interior debut of peach momoko mm -hmm. who of course is known for her amazing covers uh we've covered her variants and and drooled over them a lot on this show but this is the writing <laughs> and art and coloring interior debut of peach momoko for a for a marvel title in terms of aim uh this is as true uh, a number one as you will get. Um, this is it, it, and it's yeah, it's as true as a number one you will get because it's not part of the X Men continuity. I know Paul and I actually had a discussion about whether or not this was part of Hickman's X Men. This is completely non canon, non continuity, but it's so much fun because um, actually, if you're watching the show live, you can see the beautiful promo artwork behind me. There was an animated trailer done for this piece, but. It is a it is the X-Men and Marvel characters that we know and love, but they are transmuted into a Japanese folklore style. And this is not just the characters we know going back in time. This is the telling of Japanese folklore using the Marvel characters. Um, it's so beautiful. It's told as a myth. So in terms of accessibility, you get the once upon a time or the, the long ago humans and Oni lived in harmony. Um, this is part of a five-issue miniseries. And I'm actually not sure if the whole story, if each one will be the same story all the way through or not. Um, I believe that Psylocke is the main character, uh, but this one ended and kind of told a complete story. So I think it'll be like episodic. I'll let you guys know when the second issue comes out. However, it's beautiful and you don't have to have any prior reading. Knowing the Marvel characters and who they are enhances your reading of the story, but the book does a great job of explaining the Japanese lore that you'll need to know. Uh, in terms of interest, if you play the Okami video game, you have to get this book. It looks exactly, <laughs> it's it's the Sume ink style kind of um, beautiful painted imagery. Um, but if you're a fan of Japanese monster lore as well, you have to join in. And if you're a fan of Peach Momoko, this is like a variant cover on every page. Like you kind of, that's, that's the, that's the price of admission. Um, but it isn't just for X-Men readers. If you liked the old Marvel fairy tale series as well, um, you'll definitely want to cover that or check that out. Um, this book does feature Psylocke. It features Logan the wolf. So that's our Wolverine stand-in. And the first story <laughs> is about uh, defeating Orochi, the great snake, which is actually a, a figure in Japanese folklore. However, Orochi is venom or has been venomized and so there's elements of that you also get danny moonstar and red hulk as aka oni and suki and suki means moon so it's danny moonstar and it's it's just so much fun also jubilee is in it jubilee is a lot of fun uh in this 
just an amazing book. And in the back, it does have the yokai files, which are the explanations of the types of characters. So it explains Orochi, it explains the Akaoni, and it explains the Jushi, which is like the curse master. In terms of M, this is $4.99 and it's 36 pages. It's part of a six issue, uh, five issue miniseries. I don't know for sure if every single issue will be $4.99 or not. Right. Um, it kind of depends, I guess, on the serialization of this. Um, it, it is very interesting because I don't think it's an anthology format. I think there will be a loose narrative all the way through, but it's so beautiful. And I've already seen previews in the backs of some issues from Marvel about uh, a story with Emma Frost and the Juggernaut confronting Psylocke and Logan the Wolf. Um, so it it was so delightful. It just it it Okami is one of my favorite video games, and it just brought all the that joy uh, back to me. And and Peach Momoko kills it. It's it's so good. Peach Momoko of being in the hall, the uh, comics Hall of Fame Raptors for best <laughs> cover artist in 2020. All right. Well, maybe she'll make a bid for best interior artist 2021. <laughs> uh, the next, the next book I wanted to cover for you guys very quickly, and this one's not as long of a book to cover, uh, is Jonna and the Unpossible Monsters by Oni Press. Uh, this is a creator-owned series by the Somnies. So this was co-written by Chris and his wife Laura Somni, uh, with art by Chris Somni and colors by Matt Wilson. And Chris and Matt are frequent collaborators, often seen on. Uh, the Thor the Mighty Avengers series. They did the astounding Black Widow series. Um, it This is a, a delightful smorgasbord of Chris Somni artwork uh, at its finest. And this is a true number one as uh, it is a completely creator-owned series. You don't need to have any backstory information before you go in. It's an all-ages adventure. Anyone will get joy and entertainment value out of this, but it, it definitely is good for young readers as well if you are trying to introduce young readers to comics. It's about a girl named Rainbow who last saw her sister Jana, who is the character on the cover, uh, a year ago. Jana disappeared on the same day that strange monsters or impossible monsters appeared in the world for the first time, and a year later, those monsters have taken over the earth and humanity is on the fringes for survival. In search of her sister, Rainbow will have to brave those untamed wilds and face the impossible. Uh, in terms of interest, this is a weird one because also, firstly, Chris Somni. It's a Chris Somni joint. If you like <laughs> Somni's artwork, buy it. Um, but if you like uh, The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker, it has a lot of that vibe, especially because nice. there's a grandmother character uh, who kind of lets or helps rainbow uh set out in search of her sister so it's got the link and his sister uh vibes when she gets kidnapped by the giant bird um the landscapes are sprawling and beautiful of course again thanks entirely to somni and wilson's fantastic duo job um, but also if you like studio ghibli films particularly uh, i'd say mononoke and nausicaa um it's just got that big sprawling fantasy expanse with the strange monsters and the young children trying to navigate uh, this fantasy scape. The first issue is very fast paced because it is light on dialogue, but the action and the artwork, you need to sit with it for a long time. So you might think, oh, there's not a lot of words to read. I can go through this quickly. It's definitely worth taking slowly, but it is a, a word light read. Um, but it's, nice. it's so beautiful. It's a lot of fun. I believe it's an ongoing. I don't have a definite issue count. And in terms of M, it's $3.99 and a standard page length from Oni Press. So it's just a, a fun, really energetic package for this week that, that differs nicely from the word heavier or the lore building of books like Noctera or Demon Days X-Men. So those are my two AIM books. Nice. It yeah. just This was just such a good week paul and i'm sure you'd yeah. agree i mean i still have to read america chavez made in america number one from marvel oh, yeah. but i've heard great things about that as well it's just a huge week for new number ones huge week for books i mean honestly me and amy have so much more reading to do i mean i think this is probably i'm gonna i'm gonna call it the best week of comics this year so far so yeah i would um, be inclined to absolutely agree <laughs> with not only um you know to steal from a podcast I listen to called The Comics Hall, but to steal from, you know, it's accessible. It's really, really accessible as far as new books. Like, you know, there's so many different avenues you can jump onto. Um, you know, with that in mind, one thing I forgot to mention in uh, Infinite Frontier is read that book before you read any of the new DC books. This week. This week, yeah. So if any of the new DC books this week interested you, Crime Syndicate, Swamp Thing, um, we've got the new Suicide Squad with uh, the Peacemaker. Um, read 
Infinite Frontier first. It'll help sort of ease you into the book. But you can also just pick those up by themselves. I just think it's worth the read and it'll help. Mm -hmm. That's why it's number zero and not number mm -hmm. one. That is uh, correct. Amy, yeah, we beautiful. still got one last little segment to go before we wrap yes, it up. Yes, we here. do. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm still riding high on that Noctera talk. I mean, that is – I picked up the first issue, and I had subscribed to numbers one and two, but I'm going to add that one to my list indefinitely. It is it is dystopian at its finest. Uh, but, yes, last yes. week, our, our wonderful moderator, Jasmine, proposed a, a really fun question, which you guys oh, – yeah. I think this might be our most answered holler at the hall question. Like, Yeah. I mean, this year for sure, but in a long time, uh, we asked you, which comic book character has your favorite costume design? Doesn't have to be your favorite character, but mm -hmm. whose design is the best? And we did pull up uh, some great examples. So if we can start to uh, get those on the screen. Mm -hmm. uh, Peter, we oh, sorry. Oh, we'll start Let's go there. With that one. <laughs> uh, Alex Cutler said, over in the Let Your Geek Set Show Facebook group, said, Adam Strange, his costume is classic Spaceman. And I would agree. I think when you think of like that uh, ideal space, I almost think um, like sort of Space Mountain, like era uh, yeah. hero, like that pulp, you know, that pulp uh, science fiction hero. I think of this costume. Um, yeah. So Alex Cutler, you're 100% correct. <laughs> Um, yeah, this I mean, is Adam peak sci-fi performance. Oh, it's other way. This is there, peak sci-fi performance. Nope. Oh, my fingers. Oh, yeah, you're there. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, no, but it is a fantastic costume. Mm -hmm. um, I like that a lot of people's picks were a little more retro as well. I think there totally. is a classic, uh, evocative style. As even as characters' costumes have gotten more complex or uh, aligned with the films, uh, something about those classic looks. If we can pull up the Flash image that we have, um. Chris is we keeping got, us on our toes, Amy. You just got to respond to which one he brings I, up. Uh, he pulls Let's up. See. Boom, there it is. Said, Peter C. on Twitter said, Jay Garrick's Flash, without a doubt, the wings of Mercury are classic. And, of course, that's mm -hmm. the the incredible and iconic helmet uh, for yeah. this iteration of the Flash. Fantastic example. Thank you guys so much for also providing your own examples. Like, it it really helped bolster your arguments uh, over who I, had the best comic book I, design. I did like that Amy, you know, I think it was last week when she was telling me, she's like, we're going to have a little superhero fashion show. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to see the full fashion show, check yes. the full thread in our Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group. It's still marked as an announcement. Uh, tons of great examples, but we do still have a couple more mm -hmm. to cover here. We've got, let's see, do we have Jared Liston's coming up here? The Hobgoblin? Yes. Yeah. Jared Liston over in the Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group said, Hobgoblin was my gateway into comic book collecting. Um, and I mean, I totally agree. It's such a unique costume. It's almost like functional, practical, but still kind of terrifying. Like you don't know if his face is a mask or organic. Um, and also that glider. I that love the, that glider. The curve of his boots holding onto the, the stirrups of the, of the glider. That's like... <laughs> You know Holding how strong on my wing your toes a have to be for that? <laughs> it's a good look, though. It is. It's, it's a great look. Very evocative. And then last but not least for today's show, Jose Flores uh, Jr., I believe in the Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group as mm -hmm. well, said, I absolutely love the Dark Phoenix design. And this is, of course, an art germ version of the, totally. the piece. But so many artists have taken on this absolutely iconic twist on the beautiful green costume that gene had as the phoenix and so yet again then we go to dark phoenix and that is one of the most i believe just kind of recognizable costumes mm -hmm. in all of comics totally yeah so i mean honestly thank you all so much for not only answering you know in droves we really appreciate it on you know on our instagram on twitter and on facebook um twitter we are we are very busy but we are trying to give you all some love we promise <laughs> um thank you guys appreciate so much. you looking out <laughs> yes <laughs> thank you guys so much for answering seriously we really appreciate it but amy we have a new question for everyone because i don't know if you know this but march 10th is captain america day you can go to side.show forward slash cap day to learn everything about that and that's amy, on the blag <laughs> that's right on the on the blag amy what's our new question also very highly encouraged to provide picture evidence if you'd like to but you can also Please. describe it to us if you if you are so up for the challenge but in honor of Cap's 80th, we want to know what is your favorite Captain America moment from the comics? Um, no pressure, but there's like a lot of them. No, yeah, there's 80 <laughs> years. So, I mean, go go as far back or as close mm -hmm. to this week as you want, but you've got 80 years to plumb from. Uh, we want your favorite Captain America moments. Paul and I are going to pick uh, some panels of the week. I don't know if we're going to do our favorite cap moments or just some another specific cap theme, but you can keep an eye out for our next panel of the week challenge coming up 
very soon as well. Yes. Um, all in anticipation of Cap Day. We are so excited about that show coming up once again. Uh, check out that schedule because there's going to be uh, live streams, giveaways, game shows going on that day. I know there's a Cobbled Cosplay Challenge and Missy Haywood is going to be defending her championship, I believe. Against the uh, Lender. <laughs> ooh, that's having done that once. I'm like, I'm good to sit, I'm good to sit out and watch uh, for a little while because that's high stakes. Uh, but of mm, course, for Cap's sure 80th. Um, but we will cap off the day, ha ha ha, um, nice. at 4 p.m. Pacific next Wednesday with our cap retrospective in comics. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Paul and I are planning that out right now. Ro- kind of our roadmap to cap. And uh, I'm sticking some fun facts in there, some very weird fun mm-hmm. facts in there about Caps in America. So you guys will just have to tune in to see that. Sure but we're will. very, very excited about another event show coming up. Yes. Um, And again, because we try to bring comics to new readers, uh, we will definitely be helping everyone. If if you're not really sure where to jump in for Cap, we'll definitely be providing some examples and some areas where we think maybe if you're not that familiar with them, you can jump right in. So we're very, very excited, as Amy's been saying. Uh, I mean, we've got to we got to go, Amy. We got to plan this show. Yes, we do. Coming like right now. We'll get that question up in our Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group, Instagram. We'll try to put it on Twitter as soon as possible for you guys. Start thinking right now. Get those pictures ready. Um, You can always find us at the Comics Hall on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can always email us at thecomicshall at sideshow.com. Once again, huge, unending thanks to Scott Snyder for coming on. Hope you guys are all checking out Noctera. If you do, send him some love. Tell him the Comics Hall sent you. Uh, Be sure to add that to your pull list. It's going to be so much fun coming up. Uh, Things from best jacket press that's going to be just i i'm i mean i'm completely sold i these books are great to see the solicits and the 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 covers online but when you get to hear a creator just talk about how much passion goes into these projects then you're like yeah i'm sold and my wallet is weeping (laughs) (laughs) all right well thank you guys so much for joining us for yet another week of comics it's the beginning of march and we've got a lot of stuff for this whole month coming up so as always i'm amy And I'm Paul. And this has been The Comics Hall, and we'll see you next time. This has been The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, presented by Sideshow. Submit your response to our fan mail question of the week by emailing thecomicshall at sideshow.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, don't forget to vote on the panel of the week in the Let Your Geek Sideshow official Facebook group. You can watch us live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on Sideshow's official Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and Periscope channels. And you can keep in touch with our show on social media at The Comics Hall on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, don't forget to let your geek side show. Sideshow.